Outlaw, Macho, Drive-In. Welcome to the Outlaw Mud Show Drive-In. My name is Joe Connor. Originally, we had planned to do a action figure episode this week. However, Mohammed Fathi is on assignment, so today we are doing a Ring of Honor episode, and I am joined alongside James Blanton. Hello. And Pete Guest. Afternoon. All right, so Ring of Honor Final Battle is on Friday night, and it's had some changes made in the past 24 hours. Um, basically today, talking about the current roster Ring of Honor, what we think about them, but let's start off with a little bit of our history with Ring of Honor. Like myself, I remember like reading like in like PWI and like PW Torch and reading online on like PW Torch, which was like my main site back in the day, and OneWrestling.com, my other main site, about Ring of Honor starting up um, from RF Video. You know, originally RF Video was the distributor for ECW tapes. They wanted something else to fill that void for VHS and DVD. They tried getting CZW, which luckily didn't work out for them. Um, and, you know, they used um, a lot of ECW talent and stuff in the past. Um so it had a little bit of that ECW feel originally, which worked out for him. Um, then over the years, they started doing a little bit more stuff with like HDNet. Um, they got away from RF Video, got sold to Sinclair. And I personally think the current run of Ring of Honor, match-wise, especially with like the pure rules being back, is their best run for matches since probably since around the time Adam Pierce got fired, I would say. Um, how about yourself, James? What was your role start with Ring of Honor? Kind of similar. I was also uh, when wrestling was my site to like, you know, merge with PW said I was like the first day subscriber there. So I knew the ins and outs of Ring of Honor. As again, being a fan of Japanese wrestling in the 90s, um, that's what attracted me to Ring of Honor because you had Kenta, uh, Kenta Kobayashi, other Japanese wrestlers show right. up at Ring of Honor. And I heard like, oh, it's a, it's a wrestling promotion in New York, which I hated because all the good ones was in New York that wasn't ECW. Yes. So it's like, and I grew to like it and... So I always follow it, and when I found out I was doing shows in Chicago, I jumped right in. Uh, quick note, I've been to more Ring of Honor shows than WWE. <laughs> I, I sadly... I've, okay, so Ring of Honor, I, when, when um, LimeWire first came out, I you know downloaded some Ring of Honor stuff, but it was super shitty quality. Then once YouTube happened, YouTube changed the game for me, because I was able to watch all these amazing matches from Ring of Honor, um, fantastic matches, um, and I just started watching after that. I've mainly just followed title changes because I didn't have access to HDNet and like full episodes weren't available at the time. Um, but as much as I love Ring of Honor, they never really came close. They they would be in like Minnesota, which is like a six hour drive. Um, 
like Dime Knight, he went to him, and I'm not sure why I didn't. I think he was also going to like a WWE house show or something. I can't remember what the exact reason was, but I didn't wind up going to those. The only Ring of Honor show I've been to was MSG, which to, to honestly doesn't even feel like a Ring of Honor show. Um, it basically is a New Japan show featuring Ring of Honor, um, mm-hmm. which Pete has also been to. Um, we attended that one together last year, which feels like forever ago now. Um, yeah. But I went to Festival of Honor, the um, not really a convention, but it was just mainly like a like a panel that they had in MSG the day beforehand, which was amazing. Um, but pretty much every other time I've been to a Mania weekend, the Ring of Honor show is usually going against TakeOver. Um, I usually took TakeOver that. Except for my first Mania in 2016, there was a Ring of Honor show, I want to say during the day. I can't remember exactly, but I... Your first mania is so overwhelming that you don't know what the hell is going on half the time. Um, so, like, I didn't attend that one. I think that's the only one I really could have gained access to, though. Um, Pete, what did you think about uh, Madison Square Garden and the Super G1 Supercard? Um, from what I can remember of it, because, you know, um, it was good. I quite enjoyed it. I, I went in blind. I didn't know a lot of wrestlers there, right? But you know, I learned. Uh, unfortunately, I haven't watched since, you know, because there's a lot of WWE programming on, so timing and everything. But um, you know, as far as shows go, I'd be up for uh, heading to another one during Mania week. But like you said, it's if it clashes with NXT, it's like it's NXT for me. So right, yeah, it was no. good. It was good from what I remember. <laughs> Did you mark out when the great Muda came out in that battle roll? You had to mark out because that was, that um, was such an amazing moment. I just I just felt felt off the crowd really because like I said, I didn't really know too many wrestlers, but it was it was a good experience. It's it's nice to say I've been to a Ring of Honor show, especially at MSG. It was just something else. I, I that that match was oh god I that I love Rumbles for one, but that one in particular. It was just the atmosphere of being in Madison Square Garden, of seeing all these stars that I love compete. And that was a, a really good time for Ring of Honor, too, because, as I said earlier, like, after Adam Pierce got fired, um, well, first, like, Gabe Sapopsky, he was really good at booking because he was from ECW. Adam Pierce was really great at booking because, you know, he had that NWA history. Um, but when Delirious took over for him, and that's right around the time they started working with, you know, like Jim Cornette and um, Sinclair, Ring of Honor was still great, but it didn't really have as much as that, like, in-ring work going on. And especially once, like, they started milking Bullet Club a lot. Like, they became the main attraction, but once Bullet Club and, I, I guess mainly, I should say the Elite, once what became, once the Elite left in December of 2018, um, 
you know, people wrote Ring of Honor off, but that period between Final Battle 2018 and the G1 Supercard in April of 2019 was a fantastic time because, like, uh, Matt Taven versus Jay Lethal, uh, that 60-minute draw that they had, one of the best matches in Ring of Honor in the past, like, 10 years, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Uh, the history there was Gabe was great. Adam Pierce was good, but it was too old school. As yes. And the rest was in like it. And then when Jim got there, it was great again, but the fans didn't like it. Delirious came. They started doing a little bit of old school, but doing a little outside the box thing, which made yes. it great. But then they did focus on the Bullet Club slash Elite, which you can't blame them. They were hot. Exactly. But like when, but they 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 fell in the same thing with NXT when Finn Balor and the rest of them got drafted. They're like, "Yay, don't Vince go take ten of the best wrestlers." Then, what are we gonna do now? Yes, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Leave a big hole up. Leave a big hole, and we wasn't prepared for this. And yeah, it took them time to get it together, rebalance. Because I'm thinking, if it wasn't Sinclair, keep pushing them to do shows, they would have stopped. Did something a little bit smaller, and then. Roll back again, but now they like we're big now, so let's start doing this. Yes, and we have that whole 2019 year of them and stuff like that. I do think that, oh, yeah. um, once there's there's like two times I think Ring of Honor really could have elevated themselves. Um, I think after the 15 year anniversary show where uh, Christopher Daniels beat Adam Cole for the title, which mm-hmm. I think from start to bottom top to bottom, I think is the probably the best ring of honor pay-per-view that there's been just cause it felt like they were about to say, Hey, you know, we're working with new Japan. We're on top of the world right now. And they were in 2017. Um, we're going to take this. That's serious a messed up thing. I, I, I didn't know that was 2017. I'm looking at it now. Yeah, oh, I mean, no. <laughs> and fuck, it's like you know, going on four years ago almost now, and that whole entire match or pay per view was excellent. Um, and it like they actually had good looking setups. The production looked beautiful, and then all of a sudden, you know, they just don't run with the torch. There's like, oh, you know what? We're still going to focus in on you know Bullet Club at the moment, which. I don't blame them for that, but they could have used Bullet Club to achieve a different level, which they they didn't do because it's Sinclair. Um, and then yet again, after the MSG show, they easily could have elevated themselves again because they were in talks to buy WGN. And if they had bought WGN, they could have you know actually had better pro- uh, produced weekly shows. Um, mm-hmm. They wouldn't have necessarily been doing syndication. Um, and people who just stumble upon it could have actually been enjoying the product because they knew exactly what time it is. Because, like, even here, granted, it's usually on at this, it's on like five times a week at various different times, but it changes around so often, except for like the Saturday night, like 9 p.m. slot. That one has stayed there for about, I want to say about two years now. Um, but generally, you know, Ring of Honor is just something that people stumble upon. Like, I'll get a text message from somebody saying, oh, you know, I'm watching this pretty good 
match. Um, I, I have no idea who these guys are. It's some indie promotions, a minor league, and it's like, well, not necessarily, but, you know, have at it. Um, and, and, and to me, it's like old ECW, people discover ECW, like it's 2 o'clock in the morning. Yes. What is this? Like, I, was, I was wrestling, and then you try to find it next week, can't find it for different things. I, I kind of like that. I like being sporadic because it, it, it makes me feel old school wrestling with yes. the kids that I can understand. New generation, like, uh, what is this and what's going on here? Because that's because you know, um, uh, in Iowa when they first did TV, Ring of Honor would come three, come on three different times for the Sin- during the Sinclair Saturday. era. Yeah. Okay. But still in Sinclair area. Yeah. It'd be like Friday, then a different time on Saturday, and then another one on Sunday. Not the same channel, but it's just there, so you know. Right. With any local channel, it have it and stuff. So, yeah. And, uh, yeah. And not to interrupt, but I'm looking at this card. And, Pete, this is this is Ring of Honor 2017. I'm not going to name anything, but these are some of the names who was booked for that show that Joe talked about. You had. Uh, Jay White on Excursion versus uh, Kenny King. You yeah. had Frank Kazarian defeating Cheeseburger, Chris Saban, who's an impact, Heyman Page, AEW, Pernja Martinez, which is uh, Damian Priest, yep. Jay Lito defeat Bobby Fish, uh, Marty Scroll defeated Leo Rush, uh, the Briscoes and Bully Ray defeated War Machines, aka the War Raiders. And Davy Boy um, Smith Jr., which I totally forgot Davy Boy was in Ring of Honor, but that was the New Japan thing. Yeah. The Hardy Boys defeated Rapunky Vice. That's Trent Beretta, who's in AEW versus the Young Bucks, of course. And then, of course, Adam Cole. I mean, Chris Daniels defeated Adam Cole. Neither one are not in there. And then on night two, just throwing it out there, you had the Addiction versus Dalton Castle defeated Bullet Club of Adam Cole, Matt Jackson, and Nick Jackson. So they had a who's who of people. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 There's a lot and of names in there that I can recall. Yeah, see? And and it just, to me, it was second. It was always been second until 2019. Yeah. They, they had the roster. They had the people there. To me, this was your NXT right here. It was, so yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Completely. See? So. Yeah, so that's when everybody was really shocked was about the whole little downturn, uh, downturn of Ring of Honor, but stuff happens, though. Oh, yeah. I, yeah, I, yeah. I, 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 that's funny enough. That's all I remember is Daniel Gwynn and the title. I don't remember anybody else there. Because I'm like, the Hardy Boys was there. Like, oh, yeah, that's right. I remember that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they, so. um, like, the Hardys, like, when they entered, um, that was, like, huge but it's like they only lasted like a two month span because that's basically you know right when they left TNA they were headed back to WWE they were doing like shit ton of indie appearances um but yeah I mean there's the money really... match was the Bucks and the Hardys and stuff yes, like that that yes. was the money match yes. yeah was going to that um probably one of my favorite matches I would say is uh like CM Punk versus Samoa Joe versus Christopher Daniels versus Steve Carino. Um, that match I thought was fantastic. Um, I've watched a lot. A lot of the Fatal 4-Ways and Triple Threat matches that they used to do were awesome. They've always done really good with multi-man matches. Um, Steve Carino, I actually got a chance to meet and actually bought a 
Ring of Honor DVD from him at WrestleCon in uh, 2016. And dude was the most, like, humble person you could meet. Like, shook hands with them and everything. Told him that he was, like, my favorite Ring of Honor star. Um, or not Ring of Honor, ECW star. Um, and, uh, you know, the dude was just super humble. It was, like, a really awesome experience. But it was just a, a, a super chill atmosphere with, like, all the Ring of Honor guys. Because, like, uh, War Machine was just hanging out with people. Um and that's what Ring of Honor was. It's like, you know, you have like this super indie essentially that was at the time competing. Or they were basically, you know, um, helping out with TNA. Um, but their main competitors were basically like, you know, Chikara, Dragon Gate, um, PWG. And it just evolved into something that was bigger than TNA. Um, and it's like, you know, the current state we have right now where. You have, like, the three majors of WWE, AEW, and New Japan. And then you have, like, the mi- the minor majors underneath of, like, Impact, MLW, NWA, and ROH. Um, but at least with ROH, they have the New Japan connection right now. Um, and that's the thing I always liked about Ring of Honor. Kind of like how WCW used to do and how um, TNA every once in a while would do it, too they would have, you know, really good partnerships. Um, like, because of Ring of Honor, like, you know, you get to see people from, like, CMLL, like, Rev Pro pop up, which is great to see. You know, wrestling promotions, especially on that level, it makes sense to partner up with other promotions and cross-promote, um, which Ring of Honor and New Japan are still doing to this day with, like, New Japan Strong, which I actually didn't even know until yesterday is actually also on uh, Honor Club. I just thought it was a uh, oh. New Japan World exclusive. Oh, I didn't know that either. But Oh, that's a good thing to work on? Oh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They, they said that on last night's episode. Um, which, speaking mm-hmm. of last night's episode, um, since the relaunch, because Ring of Honor... It, starting last year, roughly about June of last year, I watched most of these shows with James, and uh, most of the shows that they had, because they st- they stopped doing Ring of Honor TV, Ring of Honor TV basically became a magazine show, and all their shows basically just became their pay-per-views, um, and they would do sometimes like two on a weekend, um, and they just became super lackluster after a while. They had a lot of times the same feuds that lasted a few months, which people knock WWE for all the time, but, you know, it happens here. Like, people can get sick and tired of, like, New Day versus the Usos, but in Ring of Honor in, like, 2017, 2018, how many times that we saw the Addiction versus the Bucks versus the Briscoes? Like, it happened almost too often. Um, Towards the end of 2019... They started doing a lot of jokey shit, and then 2020 started, and it started off pretty fucking awesome, because uh, they started partnering with NWA, and they had that NWA feud going on that really went nowhere because COVID struck, and then they kind of did that yeah. soft reboot in October, I want to say, maybe September, I want to say it was September, October, um, and it basically brought Ring of Honor back to how it was basically pre 
Adam Pierce era. They started doing a lot more with like the pure rules um, and focusing in more on like in ring matches. Um, their promos have been better. They've actually been doing backstage segments that blend in with the segments that are happening in the in the ring. Because uh, in the past, you would see something in the back that really makes no sense just because of how bad the production was. And now you see great matches in the ring. They've usually they have two matches per show. Um, they usually ha- sometimes they'll have like one in ring segment and a couple interviews backstage. But they hype people up before the match by doing pre match promos with the stars in a very sports like NFL UFC like manner of them talking about their opponent, which is fantastic right now. Um, no. Now that's it. It's inter- mm-hmm. interrupt. That's how you're supposed to do it. When I wish WWE did that because you remember when they started doing the no crowds and it just felt it was dragging. Mm-hmm. What Ring of Honor did, it did. What they did is they stopped, refocused. Yes. Let's do something to hook them in to exactly. make it interesting. Exactly. Start slow and build it up, and that's what the pure tournament was. And then they made it where. They mixed it up where anyone could win it. Yes. We had a feeling Gresham could, but we don't know. And what I mean by that is that it could be wrestler A versus wrestler B. Yes. We don't know who these people are. So you don't know, like, uh, well, of course, wrestler A went, but how you know? We don't know. Well, we don't know these guys. If they built them up, they tell you some special set of WWE is like, okay, they'll keep, you know, they'll vote ahead, do this, so we'll keep our storyline. There's no crowd. And you exactly. just felt like, what is this? <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's the thing with current Ring of Honor too is, I when, when COVID struck, I personally want wished that a lot of the promotions just stopped doing things because you figure WWE they still had a lot of network exclusives they could have done. They still could have done, you know, documentaries. They could have had uh, people doing little shows and everything because the network would have prospered. Um, AEW, maybe, maybe not. It's on the fence because of how big they are, but they didn't really have a backup plan. Ring of Honor, luckily, wasn't big enough that it would hurt them. Um, And same with, like, MLW and NWA. Um, Impact, they continued, and they basically seemed the same, and their crowd size basically seems the same. Um, But, you know, MLW... They did a little pause, and they started doing, like, Pulp Fusion. Um, NWA started doing, like, their um, working with, like, other promotions again, which, to me, for NWA, seems like they're kind of backstepping. Yeah, let's see. Uh, NWA, when they did the old shows, the commercials, I thought that was great. It's just a little hour thing. Power. Yeah. Yeah. But they stopped doing all that because of COVID, because that's the thing, it's like, doing a studio show like that, you kind of needed that type of crowd. Um, but like ring of honor, they work without a crowd because right now they're basically doing a lot of mat work and it seems very realistic. Um, you have you, what when you're watching it, you hear the mat. That's one thing you don't really hear a lot of in like, AEW, WWE, but you actually hear the mat constantly um, in Ring of Honor. And that's the thing I really love about it right now. 
and I think Ring of like Ring of Honor currently is my second favorite wrestling show of the week. It's and NXT UK is the first one. Ring of Honor is number two. Those are the two shows that get me the most hyped every single week. Ring of Honor has just been killing it every single week. But I was gonna say like last night's episode had the first match that I wasn't looking forward to since the relaunch because all the other ones they might not have been ones that I was stoked for but I was pleasantly surprised at the beginning it's almost like when you go to an indie show or like some um, big event like Mania Weekend where you don't really know what the matches are going to be but you see two guys that you are aware of in the ring against each other and you're excited to see what they can do so like last yeah. night they had the the um, the main event last night I guess the main event I wasn't really super stoked for either because I don't really care for Flip Gordon in real life, but if Flip Gordon versus Josh the Goods Woods, but I knew those two could deliver. The match I didn't know could deliver was Mark Briscoe and PCO versus the Bouncers. And surprisingly, that match was really good because the Bouncers are now wrestling in a more Smash Mouth style and less comedic than they were the past two years. Um, mm-hmm. so Ring of Honor right now, they're building up properly to this Friday, and Ring of Honor right now, currently, all the stars who are featured feel like legit stars. It doesn't really feel like there's an undercard. Everyone on the show feels like they could eventually be champion. Um, so let's kind of run down this Friday show and talk about a few of the Ring of Honor stars I guess start with people who kind of got taken off the show and actually before that talk about two guys who aren't booked who were never booked on the show or I guess three guys who weren't booked on the show um I guess technically four I, 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 Marty Skrull is one Marty Skrull you know has his stuff going on in real life at the moment um yeah I'm thinking probably later in 2021 I do too up here I do yeah. too. I there there could be a well, possibility we know he could, for this he could week. be tonight. He could be tonight. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> could be tonight. So who knows exactly when he will pop up? Um, he's been a constant performer during the elite. He was, I think, the best part of the elite. Um, his debut in Ring of Honor, not necessarily his debut. His debut was your traditional Ring of Honor debut of just you know bringing in an outside star, but his Bullet Club debut is one of the best Bullet Club debuts and one of the best Bullet Club exits for a star. Also, when Kenny Omega kicked um, Adam Cole out of the group and introduced Marty Skrull. But then after that, yeah, man, it was was great. I know. And then, like, you know, he eventually changed from being the sinister villain into... A comedic character. 2019, he started doing a little bit more of the old school stuff, but just didn't work quite as well. I think if he comes back, I don't think they're going to do villain enterprises because at the time when Ring of Honor was shutting down, there was a rumor that villain enterprises was basically being nixed anyhow. And currently, none of the stars from uh, villain enterprises are working together on television. So I think no, when he does come back, yeah. yeah, when he yeah. comes back, 
make him a single yeah. star, and that's all he really needs. Um, Mark Haskins, he's my favorite Ring of Honor star. The dude, one, he's the he's one of the number one contenders. I say one of the number one contenders because they have three number one contenders right now: Marty Skrull, Flip Gordon, and uh, Brody Lee. But Mark Haskins, he every single match he was in in 2019 was great. He was the workhorse of 2019. He's currently stuck overseas. So who knows when he will be back in ring of honor. Um, He's a star that NXT and AEW, I think would definitely benefit from. I think NXT, they would probably put him in NXT UK but the dude, I think, is definitely big enough to debut on USA NXT or on AEW. The dude is my favorite wrestler in Ring of Honor. Um, a couple other guys who aren't booked for tomorrow or this Friday. Dalton Castle. Uh, um, yeah. Dalton Castle had, in my opinion, the best match of Ring of Honor this year of him versus Bro- uh, Brody King. Dalton Castle... He's in a weird spot. He's the only person in Ring of Honor right now who doesn't really feel like a star, even though he is probably their biggest star. Um, the back injury set him back a lot. Yes. His injury set him back. Um, his heel turn kind of fell flat. Yet again, this is because it's Ring of Honor, not really sure how to run with people. And the back, he wasn't really 100%. Yes. They were trying to, like, we have to have you on the show. We're giving you a place. Because I thought him being a heel would be great because he can do it. it oh, just, yeah. They couldn't put the spotlight on him. Exactly. Like yeah. He's another one who I think, I don't think NXT is interested in him anymore. I know they were a couple years ago. But I think him popping up on AEW would be huge for him and the promotion both I think they could use each other greatly and especially if there was like a crowd hell even like the small crowd that AEW has right now I think would still pop insane for Dalton Castle coming out especially if he actually brought the boys back with them it would be huge which I'm I'm shocked the boys get a, uh, didn't get signed to NXT I think they're great oh, the, they're, 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 they're underrated in the ring like um, they could actually yeah. go like people, they did get a tryout. Yeah, they did. Yeah, so I'm just shocked. Yeah, I am too. And the last star hey, was. Got... What were you gonna say? They got the same brothers. I guess they didn't need. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> which honestly, they could use them greatly in NXT and 205 Live in the tag division. Like NXT, like throw them in there with like you know, Ever Rise, Imperium, Grizzled Young Veterans, um, Tony Nese and Davari. Undisputed Era, Brizongo. I mean, that would make a lot more of a stacked division. Um, I think they would actually be great in NXT, but I do think that if they went to NXT, they would probably keep them off TV for six months and repackage them in a completely developmental way. Because obviously I don't think they would use them as, you know, the boys. Oh, of course. Now I'm looking up and see if they, uh, they, they did sign. I know they got a tryout. And that's about it. I'm not thinking, but go ahead. The last star who's not booked for Friday that I can think of, and he's actually been pulled from the event anyhow, 
is uh, Kenny King, and I'm not really a big Kenny King fan, but, you know, thoughts go out to Kenny King with, you know, all that's going on in the world, but he wasn't booked on the show, his current spot being in, you know, the LIJ version, or the Ring of Honor version of LIJ, I don't think he necessarily fits. (laughs) Yeah, let's not ever bring that up, I I, I hated that, no, no, it's, it's, Roosh is okay, but it's just when you bring in Kenny King, I'm yeah. like, yeah. Dragon, like, Dragon Lee that. makes sense because of of Roosh, but Kenny King, no, it's no, 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 it doesn't work. No, not at all. And uh, Amy Rose just doesn't work with the faction either. Um, the only time I really like, I didn't hate a lot of the stuff with, like, All Night Express and everything. But the only time I really liked Kenny King was when he was doing his blind gimmick after uh, MSG last year when he was blinded um, from Muda. That's the only time I really enjoyed Kenny King, I would say. But, as I said, I you know I, I don't wish harm him, so, I, you know, thoughts go out to him with, um, you know, the health issues. But, him not being on the show isn't really a non-factor. Like, you know, Dalton Castle with possible injuries, Kenny King with uh, health issues, Mark Haskins being overseas, Marty Scroll with his personal dilemmas he has going on. Those four make sense not to be booked, you know, for this Friday. But pretty much everybody else who's booked seems like a top star at the moment. Um, now, a couple others who are taken off is EC3, who EC3 has just been killing it since Ring of Honor started again. EC3 is basically the more demented and serious version of Dexter Loomis. Okay. Ooh. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure you're going to have some choice words here, James. <laughs> oh, no, no. He, he, he's, he's agreeable with it, though. <laughs> I I think his promos have been great. Um, his ring work has changed since WWE, who completely dropped the fucking ball on him. Uh, his run in NXT oh. was just, you know, Tipping, tipping his toes in the water, and they turned him a babyface. He was going to be like a rock style babyface, the cocky, rich babyface. But then it goes nowhere after he loses to like Bobby Fish. They bring him into the main roster, and they do nothing with him. So he reinvents himself. He's no longer the top one percenter. He's now you know talking about conspiracy theories. Um, has this underground angle going on. He now wears like a hoodie, has a shaved head, um, like a beard. He completely reimagined himself and honestly I was never big on him in TNA. This is I think his best run in my opinion. I, I thought he was okay in TNA. But we should have known he's dead on arrival. Soon as they said E C three because everybody knows Vince do not like if you're not a big major star, yes. well, no, never. Because I, I have an argument to someone who's going to say someone. AJ different. Styles. He does not. Yeah, they're like, but no, he changed AJ Styles. <laughs> if everybody really paid attention, he changed AJ Styles. He molded AJ Styles to his version of him. 
and a more of a character than an actual wrestler. But Vince do not push or book other people's creations. He always twisted it or molded his version. Yeah. And then he can see that works. And I'm like, no, he has a following. Yeah. <laughs> he just didn't mess it up. <laughs> okay. Because AJ wasn't like the Southerner. You know, we know he was Southern, but, you know, they did they, they some Southern. They, they made him more of a, you know, this is the, the, the camp that AJ style built, and the phenomenal elbow yeah. and all this other stuff. Yeah. See, that's all Vince twisted up. He just, he was just a cool, Cocky wrestler, and he just made it ten times fold. So yeah, so he changed AJ Styles. I don't think AJ's been changed too much. I mean, he did like as far as like character stuff, he did campy shit in TNA. Also, like dressing up as like the rooster and being like a um, like a lackey for like Christian. So he had things like that, and and like his Ric Flair run in TNA, I thought was atrocious. but I look at TNT as 50 50 because Russo was there. Yeah. Because <laughs> see, you have to realize when Russo left and AJ came back with the longer hair and everything, that's what me made me fall in love with AJ. You know, I, you know, he was more fish. I, I've Bullet always club, loved AJ. Yeah. Like, that's. I, um, I loved him in Ring of Honor, TNA. He basically is what made me start watching New Japan monthly that- um, instead of just watching, like, Wrestle Kingdoms. Um, he became the guy to watch when he joined WWE at the Royal Rumble. I marked the hell out. Um, yeah, he's the exception, I think, to the rule. But yes, his style, his style in ring, isn't quite the same. But that's the thing. He was even doing that in like New Japan in the Indies. He was kind of changing his TNA style up a little bit. Uh, oh yeah, he was going to be less less high fly. Yes, older. just not not the rest, but just more the character based and stuff like that. You know, because if you really pay attention when he first debuted, you know, they just made him all he's just a southern boy yeah. and this and that. He doesn't belong here, and I'm like, it's freaking AJ Styles. Yeah, but, <laughs> yeah, you know, they I'd, all have I'd, that rough pack. I'd say right now though, he's basically doing his own thing. Like he's great at comedy like his stuff with like drew mcintyre lately yeah being carried off i almost he knows how to do comedy but if he does it in not a a way where you roll your eyes at it you look at him as like you know a short dude being carried almost like those cat videos where you see like a cat having a stare down with another cat and like the dog walks up and picks the cat and drags him away because he doesn't want him to get into a cat fight (laughs) that's basically aj styles and almost right now yeah, and and, and, yeah. and let me do. I do enjoy his WWE run. It was the best, especially him and the Good Brothers and everything. You know what day it is? It's beat up John Cena yeah. day. Yeah, yeah. you know. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I I did like it, but you know that he just did. He had he just made it work. That's what I said. Yes. Instead of just yes. fighting against Vince, he went with Vince, and it worked, and it and it made him successful. Because I know a lot of people thought AJ like, yeah, he's not going to make it in WWE. They're going to just. Misuse him, be upset, but he made it work and stuff. So, and and, and he showed up his personality. I, th- I think and, it helps with AJ because I think AJ and Vince share a lot of the same worldviews. Um, I probably shouldn't. I probably shouldn't have put emphasis on world on that one because I don't think <laughs> Vince might not necessarily have the same uh, rounded views as AJ. <laughs> but uh, I think a lot of their views on 
life and politics they probably agree a lot on. So I think that helps with AJ getting a decent push in the WWE. Because um, mm-hmm. he was Pete, never one of Triple H's man. NXT boys. And Pete, I saw AJ Styles when he was just saying, no, well, now I don't say nobody, but he was a jobber type. No, I don't say jobber, but low-tier person in WCW. And it took me all the way to Lee Chowin Bullet Club for me to like him. Oh, I've seen yes. him live at Ring of Honor. It just, to me, it, it was Damn. weird. But I said, he was just a flippy-dippy guy. I'm looking at this guy like, eh, I don't get it. <laughs> And I, I like I hate booed him at Ring of Honor, but it's it, certain people that do a different look and heel turn because the short head and the puffy face. I'm like, oh my god, who the hell is this guy? <laughs> well, I had no idea he was in WCW. Yeah, he was yeah, in the cruiserweight division. Wow. Yeah, it's more like a free agent type thing. Like, oh, this, this is AJ Styles guy. I'm like, okay. Oh, and then you know, uh-huh. the Styles clash. It just it, 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 it took time to grow on me in certain things. I just didn't see him and stuff. In 2006, yeah, nah. I was all about Alex Shelby. So what the hell? I was. <laughs> <laughs> so, but continue on. We gotta um, we, we talk about Ring of Honor memories. Like, so uh, EC3, his opponent was supposed to be Jay Briscoe. I guess we can rope Briscoes in together. Briscoes are still basically the same Briscoes as they've been the past 18 years. I mean, not, I guess not 18 years because. When they first started in Ring of Honor, they were not quite as hillbilly. They actually wore wrestling trunks and everything. Um, yeah. But I mean, the past you know, the past but... 10, 15 years, they're still basically the same Briscoe brothers. Um, they're back to being pretty much tweeners. Right now. Pretty much everybody in Ring of Honor are basically tweeners or baby faces, with the exception of uh, Roosh's faction and Vincent's faction, the Righteous. They're basically the only pure heels in Ring of Honor. Um, but, you know, Briscoes, they can go in the ring. Um, they can still cut promos. Mark Briscoe is now tagging with uh, PCO, which the PCO thing I have some issues with. Um, PCO can go in the ring, but as of last night, he's now copying. I'm not sure if he's doing it out of homage or what. If if it's out of homage, it just still feels wrong. He's now imitating the Undertaker. Oh God! Uh, he I, and that's not cared for about PCO as much. It it, it got old real it, fast. It did. Like okay, so, so when PCO when PCO first started hitting it big again in 2018, I didn't hear about him at. Mania weekend. Like people were talking about how the buzz of the weekend was PCO versus Walter at Joey Janela's Spring Break. I heard people talking about how great Spring Break was, but I never once heard anybody walking down the street talking about it. And that's the glorious thing about Mania weekends is you can just be walking down the street and you know you see a person next to you and you start talking about what shows you've been to and you carry on a conversation for like, you know five minutes, two minutes, whatever it is, and then you guys split and go your opposite ways. I never heard anybody talking about this until about a month later. Um, this dude who I met at um, a Revolver show, um, we had each other on Facebook and everything, and he made a post about PCO. And uh, I was like, who the fuck is PCO? So I Googled him real quick, and I saw that, you know. Right here. I, I, yeah, I, like, I did the same thing, like, oh, my God, that guy? Yeah, I mean, one of the fucking <laughs> Quebecers, it's like, it's exactly. Like a fucking Quebecer stole the fucking show, and I started reading all these reviews about the match, 
and I watched the match, and it was pretty fucking good. And I actually luckily got to see the rematch at um, another Revolver show um, in Des Moines, Iowa, a few months later, of Walter versus PCO. So I was like, all right, this is kind of cool. You know, this dude's doing his thing. He's 50-something, um, hasn't wrestled in a long-ass time, but now he's doing, like, this Frankenstein-type character. So that's cool. And, you know, he when he was in MLW, it was just, you know, small stuff he was doing there. He was feuding with Brody King. The two of them go to Ring of Honor as a tag team. It's like, all right. But I wasn't big on him winning the Ring of Honor title, but I'm happy for him because it's like, all right, this dude can say that he's been a world champion. So I'm all right with that. However, he is not anybody who I like mark out for. Um, I think he's basically just, a, I don't even say a nostalgic act because I really don't think anybody is thinking to themselves, oh, you know who I really want to see come back? The Quebecers. Nobody is saying that. Um, but he's, I mean, he's 53 and can still do moonsaults. The dude can, um, you know, let's, let's, let's bleed that. up. He's 53 that can take big bumps. Yes. Because that's basically what it is. And yes. like, it's, it's good for once a month or every type, you know, every two months. Yes. To see that, but not all the time. So I'm like, yeah, I know. He's going to do this flip over and he's going to either miss or hit it. And you're like, he's not he's, doing he's, it. I kind of figured that. He's <laughs> missed a couple times I've seen. Yeah. Um, yeah. But. Yeah, as of last night, he said, um, they had a pre-match promo with him and Mark Briscoe. And I could have sworn he said something, but I was like, okay, I think I just imagined that he said something. Then they did a post-match promo. And he said the exact same thing, where he goes... like The, the pre-match one, I think it was, it was just him talking about the bouncers. But then the, the post-match promo was him talking about the match with lethal and Gresham and he goes you know this Friday you guys will rest in hell and then he rolls his eyes in the back of his head oh god well, I, I guess cringe. I, I hope it's exactly. just I hope it was just a one night homage and it's not becoming part of the gimmick because if it becomes part of the gimmick one dude you're the same age as the Undertaker roughly um two you guys came up from the same era, but you became, but he became a star and you didn't. And three, when people do like homage stuff like that, with the exception of Jay Lethal doing Randy Savage, if a person does an homage thing or a parody thing of another wrestler, it just feels super indie. Um, exactly. He needs to avoid that. Avoid it yeah, completely because he's already a, a wanna be on the ticker anyway. Yeah, because he's a dead man. Uh, yeah, his his yeah. character is that he's been brought back, um, and and his character is he is not human. So, yeah, he basically is an Undertaker. Um, so, and let me not not to kill us. Only thing that's positive is his promo videos. Pete Day was great because it's Doctor mm-hmm. Demento or yes, what is his, his not not Demento. Pro- I can't remember what his name, what oh. it is at the moment, yeah. but. It's close enough to Dr. Mento. Let's roll with that. <laughs> yeah. So most of these promos are great where he's doing these weird challenges. He's not human, like pushing a car or or getting electrocuted. <laughs> and to me, I thought that was great because that works his thing. You know, like, ah, oh, yeah, you do all these weird stuff. You're like, he's not human. Yes. He's not human and stuff. 
But then when it comes to wrestling, it's like, eh. But I did enjoy him and Broly as a tag team because I figured less is more. Desperate. Broly do yeah. the workhorse and PC, PCO do the big uh, moves and stuff like that. Yeah. Joe, Joe, am I right in saying that he was a uh, Ring of Honor at MSG when we went? He was, yes. Yeah. Uh, didn't he like get uh, have some um, jumper cables for him to bring yep. him to life there, Correct. if I remember right? There. Yeah. It was. Yeah. It was a pretty. It okay. was a, it's a. It, it was Destro who brought him back at MSG again. That's his manager. Okay. Um, yeah. Yeah. And that was. I, I loved that match at uh, MSG because it was him and Brody King versus Lij versus the Briscoes versus the um, versus um, 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 God. Um, I'm spacing completely on Bullet Club's um, name, uh, Tomatong and Tongalawa's name. Um, yeah. But yeah, I mean, gr- it was a great Fatal 4-Way right there. Um, I think PCO does good work, but he overall, he is just a a gimmick. He's... Yeah, gimmick buys. He's, he's, he's a, just a nostalgia run. Girls of Destiny, that's who yeah. I'm thinking of. Um, yeah. Um, but uh, it's his matches don't really flow as well, especially doing an Undertaker bit. Um, yeah. Now, their opponents on Friday, um, Jay Lethal and Jonathan Gresham, also throw in uh, Rhett Titus and uh, um, Tracy Williams in here, too. I am loving their faction, the Foundation, because the Foundation... It started off based on Jay Lethal and Jonathan Gresham having a series of matches. They had an excellent Iron Man match last year for the Ring of Honor title. Um, it made Jonathan Gresham um, the basis was they Lethal took Jonathan Gresham under his wing. They became yeah. a tag team. Gresham started showing more heel tendencies. Lethal turned heel with them. They won the Ring of Honor tag titles. Then, you know, they they come back and they have the Pure Tournament. The Pure Tournament was basically seemed like they were building up towards Lethal versus Gresham again, tag team champion versus tag team champion. Um, But, you know, it wound up being Gresham versus Tracy Williams. Gresham gets the win. He's the new uh, Pure Champion and the tag team champion at the same exact time. And... They also then take Tracy Williams under their wing, and then they introduce Rhett Titus into the group. Tracy Williams okay. has been excellent the past year and a half, um, much like Mark Haskins. <clears throat> um, they just worked together perfectly when they had their faction with Juice Robinson last year. Rhett Titus yeah. is untapped. I think we're going to see a new Rhett Titus this week. When they do their pure tournament match, um, they're basically evolution at this point because you have Rhett Titus in the Batista role; he's the heavy. You have Tracy Williams as the future of the promotion; he's Randy Orton. Jonathan Gresham is Triple H, and then you have Jay Lethal as the veteran and Ric Flair. It's just which is ironic because the whole Flair thing yes. in TNA. <laughs> yes. Um, as far as uh, Rhett, um. Rhett Titus and uh, Tracy Williams. God, who are they facing this week? It is... 
Oh, uh, Fred Ehi and uh, Wheeler Utah, who they're basically just your. I guess they're not really featured as main stars in Ring of Honor. Um, they do a lot of like you know f- freelance work and other promotions. But yeah, it being it's the first. I want to say it's the first Pure Rules tag team match, um, which. I'm glad the pure rules are back. Uh, like, are you are you aware of the pure rules, uh, um, um, Pete? I'm not now. So pure rules, you can go if you um, have time. Watch the tournament because you can watch Ring of Honor on their website. Um, okay. It's pure pure rules. You get three rope breaks. Um, after three rope breaks, you don't get any more. Like, if you're in a submission hold and you get to the ropes. You know, you can still tap out because you know, the the ropes no longer matter. Um, a punch to the face, you get a warning. After that, you get a deducted like a rope break. You must shake hands before and after the match. Um, so doing it in a tag way will be pretty interesting. And then the other foundation member, Jonathan Gresham, will be facing Flip Gordon. And Flip Gordon, he's good in the ring. He's a guy who I thought was going to join AEW um, because of his still relationship might. with the still might. He still might. There's still good possibility. Yeah, he, had a, he had like a two-year contract or one year when they started it. So yes. he might. But so. Flip Gordon, as a human being, is a piece of fucking shit. Fuck Flip Gordon and his <laughs> fucking racist-ass Trumper fucking views. Um, Flat Earth for two. So yeah, yeah. So you tell you how intellectual he is. He's. Uh, I, I mean, I don't care if we have listeners who are that way. I don't really care who what you vote for, but he is so heavy-handed about his shit that he posts online. Um, he's talked about running people over and celebrating it. The dude's a fucking wow. He's an asshole. Um, mm-hmm. but he can go in the ring. Um, like last night. Him and um, uh, Josh Woods, they had a great match last night. So, you know, I'm not going to say I'm not looking forward to the match with him and Gresham. Pretty much because I think Gresham at this point is on a whole another level. He is, he every single time he wrestles, he just improves. Especially doing two matches in one night. It's kind of like a Dolph Ziggler thing where I think he might outdo himself. Because as much as I don't like Flip Gordon in real life, I think Gresham versus Flip works better than Gresham versus Mark Briscoe or uh, Gresham versus PCO for the tag titles yeah. that we're also going to get. Um, mm-hmm. What else do we have this week? So Josh Woods actually has a fatal four-way with uh, Tony Depp and LSG and uh, Dak Draper. Draper has definitely improved in my eyes recently. Um, LSG has as well. Um, Tony Deppin is, you know, he's basically just more like another Ring of Honor freelancer, in my opinion. But yeah. Josh Woods, he's, he's been... He's, he's He definitely is getting... Actually, that's another guy who's not on this Friday. Um, 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 the Last Real Man. Um, 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 Silas Young. Silas Young. Might, he he yeah. might be on it. Um yeah. Spacing is that's good. it. I, I, Silas Young. I've spaced two names now. I spaced the girl as a destiny. I spaced Silas Young's name. Um, but yeah, um, si- um, Silas Young working with Josh Woods, I think 
helped those two grow together because Silas Young now had like a pupil. Josh Woods now had a had a person to look up to, um, and Josh Woods in the ring. Holy shit! This dude was like I don't want to say Dean Malenko esque, but this dude you could tell must have been studying some Dean Malenko tapes because he was doing some great fucking moves last night that I had never seen him doing. He's a bigger guy, but he was wrestling, not in a flippy style, but he was wrestling in a submission-style way that you really don't see bigger guys do a whole lot anymore. Um, Last night definitely impressed me, and I hope he wins the match, because whoever wins that four-way is the number one contender for the TV title, um, which Dragon Lee has. So... um, you know, personally, I hope Josh Woods wins the match. He is the most deserving of the four. Because whoever wins that faces Dragon Lee um, that same yeah. exact night. Mm-hmm. Um, and honestly, I would be okay seeing Josh Woods walk out as television champion. Uh, now, uh, two things. And mm-hmm. I hope you don't lose your point. Just to let you know, a who's who of the Imperial Champion, which it it, it it had a lot of long reign, so it wasn't a lot of people, but you can see how special the Pure Championship was. Your first champion was AJ Styles. Yeah. He had a 70-day reign, and it was vacated. Uh, I the think, RF video. Yeah, yeah the RF, because uh, um, yeah. Rob Feinstein got in trouble for uh, talking to an underage boy. and Yeah, he got that's caught when... in the stain. RF video got sold, or our video got sold. RF video sold the Ring of Honor to a different company. This is pre Sinclair. Um, Gabe took over completely at that point, and Ring of Honor lost all their partnerships because at the time they were partnered with uh, TNA. Um, mm-hmm. they, they were basically TNA's OVW at that point. Um, so yeah, that was a big hit for the pure title, but continue yeah then uh doug williams uk wrestler his reign lasts 42 days with three defenses then john walters which i always heard but never seen him wrestle. he's back now he uh he um yeah he, he wrestled I heard last it, week. he's back yeah he had 189 day reign six defenses then jay lethal 63 days with two reigns samoa joe 112 days six reigns and then the longest ring is one, and we all know him and love him, Nigel McGinnis. Yep. Who's 350 yeah. with 17 defenses. And Brian Danielson, which then he unified it with the Ring of Honor Championship, and then Jonathan Grissom. Because I usually call the pure title the UK title because mostly UK wrestlers. It seemed like a UK it does, title, yeah. title match. Though, it is, because it, it, yeah. it seems to me, <laughs> especially in the past uh, two months, um, when I was watching the Pure Tournament unfold the same time as the Heritage Cup, I was like, hey, both of these have, not necessarily the same the same rules, but they both have rules that you don't have in regular matches. Um, and I, I just love that they were going on the same exact time. Plus, they were going on the same time as uh, the G1. So, like, God, during October, November, I was just watching three different tournaments at the same exact time and I was just loving it um but yeah I mean the pure tournament the pure title they're ones that I had seen a 
bit of here and there. But by the time I started watching Ring of Honor on the regular, like in 2005, I would just... That's when I started seeing some of them here and there. But when I started watching it weekly, you know, the title was had been unified for like five years at that point. Because um, I've been watching Ring of Honor weekly since 2011, when, once it hit the Sinclair stations. Um, but... I've been loving because they've they've had a pure match every single week since the relaunch back at like the beginning of October, end of September, whenever it was. Um, and I've I've been loving how the, the the matches unfold. And honestly, Ring of Honor is the real sport centric wrestling currently because they're not trying to for for one they don't call themselves combat sports. If I can throw something at the James for him to enjoy there because Ring of Honor is focusing in on wrestling being what wrestling was it's just map based stuff and there still is flippy shit here and there Um, they can do hardcore stuff here and there but Ring of Honor right now is focusing in on a different path and they're trying to cut a different niche which I think is perfect for them to be doing uh, moving on on the card, Brian Johnson versus Danhausen. Okay, that might be the true undercard match because um, Brian Johnson isn't really anybody too much. Um, and Danhausen, he when he started off doing Ring of Honor at the beginning of the year, end of last year, whenever it was, he definitely fit in more with the Outlaw Mud Show aspect and his gimmick is that way um have you ever seen too much of dan Housen, pete no i haven't look him up he he's very unique um it's like super unique he's he's a great character um and he's decent in the ring but i'm just trying to see how he's gonna blend in in current ring of honor um he has a definitely a different feel than the rest of the roster. Um, he comes out all painted. Um, he's very, very eccentric. Um, I'm interested to see where he, where they go with him. Um, like on Ring of Honor on YouTube, they even kind of point out that he doesn't really blend, but I think they're kind of going to run with that, that he is kind of the outsider of the group. So yeah, kind of works for him. I think that match. I'm not even sure if it's actually going to be televised. Um, okay, that's, that's that's on the pre-show. Yehai and we and uh, Wheeler versus the Foundations on the pre-show, and uh, the Four Way is on the pre-show. Um, yeah, yeah. What what what, what do you think of Dan Howes and uh, James? Eh, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, that's you saw that one little. He saw the one show with him the when he had it before they before Corona, and I'm like, yeah, hey, that's interesting. That's why. Let's I, go with that's it, why but... I was telling Pete. I was like, I'm not sure if I couldn't remember if that show was like in December or if it was like in earlier this year, but it just felt very different. It had a lot more of a mud, <coughs> excuse me, a mud showy vibe. He seems very indie, but I think they could run something with him, possibly being like a guy who doesn't fit the mold. But you know, starts actually impressing people. If they do like a slow burn with them, I think they could possibly have something by Final Battle 2021. 
Um, but honestly, I see him signing with AEW, honestly, just because he kind of fits in with, like, Orange Cassidy and Joey Janela and all of them. Um, yeah. I could see him definitely join AEW. Um, we also have this match here I am super stoked for. So we have the Kingdom of Matt Taven and Mike Bennett versus Vincent and Bateman the Righteous. Um, Vincent has been great. Um, him, uh, Bateman and Vita are basically the uh, Fireflies, the the Devil's Rejects. Um, that's they even have like their attire looks like shit you'd see from the Devil's Rejects. Their music has that like Southern country feel to it. Um, yeah. Vincent as a heel, he's one of the pure heels in Ring of Honor. Him versus Matt Taven started over a year ago, and it looked like it was in a climax last year, but then it continued through after they kayfabe injured Taven. Um, you know, they went off TV for a while. Taven comes back, has a huge promo. Him versus Vincent gets reignited. Mike Bennett comes back to one of the best returns in Ring of Honor in recent memory. Um, like, Mike Bennett was uh, Mike Kanellis in uh, WWE. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. The, the the kingdom was him, uh, Matt Taven, and Adam Cole. Um, Baby. And yes. then Adam, <laughs> Adam, they had a, a falling out. A couple months later, Adam Cole joined Bullet Club, which still is one of the greatest moments of Ring of Honor history when he joined Bullet Club and shaved uh, Jay Lethal. Um, and then the kingdom became uh, Matt Taven, Vincent, and TK Orion, which TK Orion, I'm not sure really what they're doing with right now because they haven't shown him on TV since the relaunch. Um, yeah. But I'm super soaked for this match. Um I'm not sure if it's going to be the blow-off for the feud or not. It could very well be, unless they build up to a singles match with uh, Vincent and uh, Matt Taven again. But Matt Taven, yeah. a lot of people hate Matt Taven. James and I are like two of the few people that actually defended Matt Taven during his world title run. Uh, bunch of Melvins. <laughs> bunch of Melvins. Um, and he had a fantastic run. It was He was a perfect heel champion, too, because... People hated him. It's it's like The Miz or Pat McAfee. People didn't want him to be on TV. They hated him because people always thought he was the lesser of the three with Adam Cole and Mike Bennett. Um, granted, Adam Cole always outshined all of them because he's Adam Cole. But yeah. Matt Taven, when he relaunched the kingdom, it was a lot more of like a creepy... like. I don't want to say date rapey, but it had a, a really creepy vibe going on in the kingdom. Um, and he was the perfect heel cocky champion who knew that nobody wanted him to be champion. And now he's, in my opinion, turned into a great baby face because he's now the face that worked hard during his reign. He's put in the work to be the baby face. So him and Mike Bennett yeah. together, with which Bennett I think has improved greatly since he was last in Ring of Honor. He did nothing really in WWE. Um, his him doing a couple stints down in like NWA in the past 
six months, year, whatever the hell it's been, has improved for him. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I'm super stoked for this tag team match. Um, and Matt Taven always been a heel, you know. Yeah. Uh, when he got injured, he's just great. He's cocky. And he does that in, not, when I say in person, but he does that character in person. Because yeah. when he came to Ring of Honor, I, I remember looking at the merch stand, the, the king is taking pictures. Like, uh, a dude, like, hey, my girlfriend want uh, a picture of you. Like, she want my number also? I can take her home with me tonight. And <laughs> That's <laughs> you awesome. Know, you know, fans booing him and stuff like that. And Santa Lana sucks. So, yeah, he was hated. It just make it work. And, yeah. Yeah, I would say the Miz. He was, he was the Ring of Honor version of the yes, Miz. Yes, yeah, like exactly. That. Yeah. Um, and that's what he is. Like, I know so many people who they quit watching Ring of Honor when he became world champion because one people wanted Marty Skrull to be champion. I get it; it would have made more sense financially to put the belt on Skrull. Um, but having that shock factor, because like at MSG, there is fuck you Taven chance um, in MSG when he won the title. Uh, people fucking hated it at Mass Square because they just wanted Marty to win it that bad. Um, but financially, putting it on Marty Scroll definitely would have made sense, but putting it on him was perfect. But so many people quit watching it after he got the title. Um, people would stop watching Ring of Honor and those same people who stopped watching Ring of Honor a lot of times kind of bash Ring of Honor um, and those are the same people that love you know Undisputed Era and all those guys because they're like oh I watched them in Ring of Honor you watched Undisputed Era and Daniel Bryan in Ring of Honor but now you gave up on Ring of Honor so it's like when if any of these guys ever go to NXT are you guys going to act like you've been watching them for the past few years possibly but Matt Taven put in the work um, you know, Lethal's put in the work, Skrull's put in the work. All these guys have been busting their ass for the past year. Um, and that's the thing with, like, people who gave up on Ring of Honor is they were missing out on good shit. So they're not going to have that same camaraderie once these guys wind up signing with, like, mm-hmm. NXT or AEW because they gave up on it. Um, which, you know, these guys could be considered like a Adam Cole or anybody, but you know, if you mention any of these people's name in the same sentence as Bobby Fish, Kyle O'Reilly, the old Ring of Honor fans are going to be like, that's new Ring of Honor, I don't care for that. It's like, that's because you don't watch it anymore. You don't see what is actually going on in the ring, because they're doing some fantastic work. Um, which leads to the main event. Wow, we went through the entire show, it looks like, already. Yeah, um, and one counterpoint about mm-hmm. Taven. That was Bullet Club fans, which we call the Hot Topic fans. Yes. Sorry, it's true. Yes. I, I wanted Mario to win, too, but I'm thinking maybe he didn't do it because he had engagement to New Japan. And that's champion. I, I did, he, too. I wanted him to yeah. win it also that weekend. Um, not because I dislike Matt Taven. I love Matt Taven. But I wanted Matt Taven to win it later on. Um, mm-hmm. But I was thinking, one, Skrull was going to win it because they were going to make him the face of the company because... Ring of Honor 1, I thought, was going to try to take off after that. They wanted to improve on themselves to compete, not necessarily on the same level as WWE and AEW, 
but they wanted to be, you know, to show the world that they're not the people that the elite just abandoned. Um, plus, Marty Scroll is working with NWA at the time because a month later he had the match of Nick Aldis um, at uh, the Crockett Cup, which is a great match. Um, and I was like, all right, maybe they're going to put uh, both belts on Scroll and have him be, you know, a double world champion. Um, it would have made sense because there's really not any Ring of Honor gear available in stores. You don't really see people wearing Ring of Honor shirts a whole lot currently. Um, it's like the Elite kind of changed it from Ring of Honor being a cool thing to watch to being just the Elite to being Ring of Honor nothing at all. Because I haven't been inside of a Hot Topic since pre-COVID. Actually, probably since a year ago. It was probably way before COVID. Um they went in there for like a pop vinyl or something but you don't see Ring of Honor t-shirts available at Hot Topic. Occasionally you see like you know some New Japan shirts like LIJ and Bullet Club but you won't really see Ring of Honor shirts. Villain Enterprises if they had put the belt on him could have been sold at Hot Topics completely. Um, he would have been the guy to um, to become champion and it would have made perfect sense for him to milk it and for Ring of Honor to run with him as the champion. Yeah. And and and, and see, it makes sense. It does. That's why they couldn't do it. No, no. <laughs> he was in, the month after that, he was in the best of the Super Juniors. Okay, yeah, and yes. You, yeah, yep, so and you can't have your champion gone that long. Yeah. Plus, he was doing NWA, <laughs> so yeah, shit, he was busy because he had NWA and New Japan. So, yeah. So that's why I was figuring that he had other commitments and you don't need to put your champion when he's going to be gone for almost a whole month. Yeah. Well, plus and then the, you can't have him uh, careful how you use him and yes. stuff like that. Well, so and, that's why I figured they kept taping that. And, the, and that's the other thing that makes sense about it is from Ring of... This ain't a knock on Super Juniors and it's not a knock on anything with New Japan. But if you ran an American promotion that just had their biggest stars leave to form a different American promotion and you put your world title on a guy but he's going to be wrestling in Japan in a best of the super juniors and he's not going to win it then it's like ideally you're going to be like oh shit I don't want my world champion to be in a tournament with these guys so it makes sense from where Ring of Honor was coming from at the time because they didn't want to be known as you know the people that you know, Cody Rhodes, Kenny Omega, the Young Bucks, Adam Page, SCU, um, geez, um, best friends, the list can continue split from to go to a different promotion. Um, so it makes sense for them to put it on a guy that was going to be there. And, you know, he held the belt for, fuck, like six months or something. Like he had, he had a, he had a long, decent reign. Um, mm-hmm. so I, I, I loved him winning it. But I did want Marty to win it because that weekend I wanted to see three things, and I saw two of them. I wanted to see Johnny Gargano win the NXT title. I wanted to see Marty Skrull win the Ring of Honor title. And I wanted to see Kofi Kingston win the WWE title. Um, I got to see two of them. And I'm and I am, had I not seen Gargano win, I would have been okay with Cole winning. Um had I not seen Skrull win, 
I was okay with Tatum winning, but I did not want to see Kofi lose. So at least I got two of the three, and two of them were ones I was okay with other people winning the title as well. So Taven, yeah. I would take as a silver prize. Yeah, two out of three ain't bad. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> so now we have the main event, which is Roosh versus Brody King. Um, Roosh hasn't been on TV since February. Um, he's been stuck overseas, just like Dragon uh, um, Dragon Lee has. Um, the two of those guys, I'm not even sure if, has CMLL even been running shows? I'm not even too sure if they have or not. I'm not sure. Uh, let me check. I know AAA has, because I watched that atrocious AAA show last night, which was even worse than, you know, that AAA show that MLW ran with a few months ago. Uh, <laughs> 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 only Mohammed was here for that. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, but while James is looking up CMLL, that AAA show last night was, it was bad. It was, I, I used to watch AAA every Saturday, um, cause it would upload new episodes on YouTube. I just watched it. Um, it was like, it'd be like an hour long. So I'd like have it on while I was like eating breakfast or like working out or something. Um, yeah. Um, last known show was 2019 for CML. Wow. Shit. So, I yeah. wonder, so, uh, so, uh, Dragon Lee and Roosh might not have been, had any ring work at all since February then, uh, but no, they don't, they're not in CML anymore now. They're and, not. Uh, yeah, uh, when Roosh won the title, they, they was dropped. Oh shit. Yeah. I forgot about that. That did. Happen. Uh, they think, I believe I'm looking at this because it's in Spanish. They're going to have a show uh, on the, on Christmas. Cause so I guess they are running some stuff, but nothing, nothing big time. Yeah, yeah cause they when, dropped them. Yeah, because I remember when he, they dropped them originally, they thought Roosh was going to have to change his name because they thought CMLL had uh, the licensing rights to Roosh. I forgot about mm-hmm. that. Wow, yeah. shit. Interesting. Mm-hmm. So I, have they been wrestling at all? Probably, probably not. But they, but CML been having shows. But I, I mean, uh, yeah, yeah uh, Roosh and Dragon Lee. I'm not sure if they've been wrestling at all. But yeah, like uh, uh, Dragon. Oh, Dragon Lee. Oh yeah, he's been doing. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's he's right. Yeah, yeah. But that's it. Nothing about Roosh. Because I was, I was the CML thing shot because I wanted Roosh to still show up in New Japan. Yeah, he came up with nice little certain things, but no, nah, I don't know. Yeah, and and my pick on this match, I want Roosh. Win, you know, LAJ Mark, but I wouldn't mind Brody King winning. But to me, Brody King winning is a fresh start and it's it something new. But it's like, ugh, it's like one of the things like you'd be happy, Peace. but like, okay, what you gonna do next? I, I personally think if if Roosh loses, they could go two ways with this. Um, if Roosh wins. I'm not sure exactly what is going on with like travel. If if he has a if 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 it's all been worked out that he can work in the states completely again since COVID, or if this is just like a one-off for a while. But if he wins it and you know everything's cleared up, then of course you know he's back on Ring of Honor as a regular. If he wins it and there is still issues with travel. Then basically he could basically pretty much be uh, Ring of Honor's Brock Lesnar in a way. Um, mm-hmm. 
But if there are still travel issues going on, then it does make sense for them to take the title off of him. Um, but if Brody King does win the title, I see Brody King just being a transitional champion. Um, I don't see him having a long run if he does win it. Um, because there are two other top contenders. One is overseas, which is Mark Haskins. And the other one is Flip Gordon. I don't want to see Flip Gordon as champion. But they Ring of Honor might use that as a bargaining tool to keep him in Ring of Honor. Um, mm-hmm. So there is a possibility that whoever wins this could wind up losing the belt to Flip in the next month or two. Um, but that's the thing. It's like, I'm not sure exactly where they're going to go with the world title after this. Cause, Cause, but, but Mark Hassan could show up. He Hawk could. showed up at AEW, so Mark Hassan could show up. That's true. And his final battle. They know they usually try to end with a big major yeah. thing at the end, like, to go out for the year. So, I, I personally, I you and I talked about this the other day. I personally wouldn't mind seeing a cameo from Kenny Omega on Final uh, Battle. I wouldn't mind. I he, wouldn't mind. You know, he was on two different shows at the same exact time last night. He was on... Uh, I know, I heard it. I heard five, he was on Impact. Five, yeah, he was... <laughs> In the special VIP list of Carl Anderson. Carl so Anderson. That, that I yeah. I watched uh I watched the uh, the YouTube highlights um and him and Don Callis were talking about um G one and they're talking about um how great Carl Anderson used to do in it. Um, they were talking about how he's no longer the machine gun. Um, they kind of buried Ethan Page a little bit by saying that he, he could easily run through Ethan Page, which makes you think Ethan Page is definitely on his way out. Um, yeah, they said he's done. And uh, now where he goes, I don't know. I think he'd be great in AEW. I do, I do know, too. Um, so. but yeah, it was a decent, <laughs> excuse me, a decent segment. And uh, I had that Triple H show on at the same exact time, which first Triple H show I watched since last year's, and I didn't care for Triple H much last year either. I stopped watching Triple H at Triple Mania two years ago, which was like in August or September of 2018, because that show was so bad. I started watching again once AEW kicked in with them. Then I stopped watching after last year's Triple Mania because it was so bad. But last night, since it was free on YouTube, I was like, all right, I'll watch this. Um, Kenny Omega wrestled again. Um, Great kid. Good match, actually. Did a really cool um, uh, one-winged angel off the second rope. Um it was a good match, um, but yeah, Kenny Omega was on. He, he did a Rick Rude. He was on two different shows at the same exact time last night. Um, so if he pops up on Ring of Honor on Final Battle with two world titles, challenging for a third world title, I mean, you instantly have a your eyes on Ring of Honor again because you're like, oh shit. This guy who's AEW world champion and the AAA world champion is going for Roosh, the Ring of Honor world champion. Ah, uh, that's not going to happen. Dude can't draw. Come on, man. <laughs> <laughs> Dude can't draw. Imagine yeah. that, though. That, that's it's, oh, that, that'd be, mark, be bigger no, than... Mark out. Like in, in, uh, I got one for you. I got one for you. He shows up, demand the title, but he doesn't get that title match because... The, the the Ring of Honor Stanberry will either 
Jay Lethal or Jay Briscoe say you got to go through me first. Oh, I, I'd be okay <laughs> with that. Exactly. I would definitely be or okay even, with that. Or even um, Kenny does the he does the rub and give it to Gresham. Yeah, yeah. Jonathan Gresham was Kenny Omega. Like I want that pure title. Like you a real wrestler. I'm the I'm the best bout machine. And there you go. Yeah. Because he could easily say that because he could come in and talk about how uh, um, he's been watching Ring of Honor the past few months and there's been no world champion and there's been no television champion. So he's coming in and he's uh, he's calling himself the world champion, but he wants to challenge the champion who he sees. He wants to challenge Jonathan Gresham. Um, so you def you easily have a match right there. That would and that would be a a great match, honestly. Mm-hmm. Um, and being pure, being pure rules is not going to mess up Kenny because no. Kenny can get cocky, exactly. take out his rope breaks, and then Gresham put him in a nice dimension. He can't help, and then you can. Callis can always say, "Well, he's a champion; he has to save himself now. He can't risk getting injured and yes. stuff." But so don't look bad on Kenny for losing to Jonathan. Gresham. Exactly, exactly. And plus, they could also even, uh, you know, Callis could be like. You know, he he lost an American Pure Rules match. He was thinking he was wrestling in like a Lucha Rules match because he's the AAA champion at the moment. He mm-hmm. got conf- he got confused. And he's Canadian. So. Uh, he's he's Canadian. He he he's a Canadian who's the Mexican champion wrestling in America. His whole mind got messed up with it. And he uh, speaks speak Japanese. He's the man. Yes, he speaks he speaks <laughs> Japanese. Exactly. So he can work. So yeah, it looks good too now. So our good friend, my good mate Pete. So, who are your favorite past Ring of Honor champ? Sorry, not champions, but wrestlers that you enjoy in NXT. And I will list them for you. Oh, there is okay. So, because they kept you out, so Sami Zayn, Cesaro, which I did see him live with uh, Cassio. Weird he was, him with Harry. Oh God, he was uh, he was fantastic in Ring of Honor. He, uh, uh yeah. It's like Sami Zayn uh, in Ring of Honor was was great, but he had a completely different character. But Cesaro in Ring of Honor was h- him and Chris Hero together, untouchable. Never saw Kings wrestling. I always wish they brought. I saw matches, but I never saw them live. I wish they did that in NXT and I stuff too. like that. Yeah, Kings wrestling stuff like that. Uh, see who else was from Ring of Honor? Of course, the Messiah. Uh, Seth Rollins got a funny story about that. I never seen Tyler Black live ever. Um, no, course Kevin Owens. Yeah, uh, Smile Joe, Smile Joe, mm-hmm. yeah, and Brian. Uh, just like you know, when you try to think of people, everything just blurred. Uh, out to me. Sometimes N- N- Nigel McGuinness. Ember Moon, she was Athena. Ember Moon, yeah. I think that's the only woman. Yeah, yeah. That's how I was saying in Ring of Honor. Um, Sam Punk. Mm-hmm. Punk. We don't yep. count the guy. It's time for We don't count him. Uh, which I never saw. I saw some of his matches, but not all of them. I saw his thing with Raven because that day intrigued me. And yeah. yeah. But now I see too much Sam Punk. Uh, his stuff was his storyline with Samoa Joe. That was a great fucking series of matches. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then, of course, Unexpected Era, uh, Austin Aries, Strong and Aries. Deanna Perrazzo. Mm hmm. And, yeah, so, yeah, any one of those, your favorites. I know Cesaro. I let you know yeah. he did the whole weird 
Help me out here, Joe. Mm-hmm. I want to say European douchebag with yes. the long hair and the briefcase. Yes. Completely, yes. He yes. came out the sledgehammer and stuff. He, was he under the name Claudio back then? Yes, or yes. Was. Claudio Claudio. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, hey, when he did uppercuts. Hey, he he was he was <laughs> the like the the typical like long hair uh, Brit douche you see in movies. Um, they always like they like they always portray. Like long-haired British people as like rich snobs a lot of times in uh, film, um, <laughs> yeah. Which you know, usually most people with long hair a lot of times really aren't like rich snobs a lot of times. Um, I mean, no. two, 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 two of us on this pod have long hair. Um, no, but see, here's the difference: y'all don't slick your hair back though. That's the thing; I don't slick it back. That's true. <laughs> but yeah, that, that, that's the, that's the perfect way to describe him in Ring of Honor. I would say. Sure. Similar, similar to like Aiden English kind of deal. Yes, yeah. yeah, yes, yes. That, that, yeah, that is, yeah, yeah. Because Sammy was um, um, uh, El Generico, no, the generic yeah. wrestler. Never yeah, spoken. I mean, he's now, now he's helping you know, orphans in Mexico. Mm-hmm. And Kevin Owens was Kevin Steen, and just same thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Kev, Kevin New Owens hardcore, was Kevin Steen. He's the, pretty much the same exact character. The uh, when he's the heel, you know, the complete asshole in your face heel. Um, but you know, in Ring of Honor, not all the time, but you know, you know, he, he would drop, you know, like a lot more swears and shit in Ring of Honor. Um, yeah, he was pretty vicious in Ring of Honor, especially his stuff with uh, Generico. Um, Scum was a fantastic. Uh, like Love faction, um, so that there was a lot of good shit with Steen and Ring of Honor. Um, um, oh, uh, um, the uh, with like the Fallen, there was a lot of people who were in uh, the Fallen as well in Ring of Honor. And and that's my story coming. I probably told this in chat, but I I'll, I'll repeat it. This is the hate the hate love relationship with wrestling or Age of the Fallen. Like I said, Fallen. Yeah. So, I had the ticket from the show where Mark Briscoe was hanging on the ceiling, dripping blood. Yes, yes. I could have saw that live, but I did not. Because I chose to give that ticket because I got it early, of course. Because it was in gymnasium. I gave it to a friend. I had to go on a date with Chris, who is my wife. Oh, and I missed all that. My friend's like, "Oh my god, this happened!" Like, "Oh my god, you know, I'm big Jimmy Jacobs mark." And yep, missed that live. That's that's the love and hate relationship for wrestling. You know, sometimes you gotta take that yeah. chance. You always think eh, nothing's gonna really happen. <laughs> nothing's special. Look at the car. <laughs> nothing's gonna special. You know, like I could miss this and I not miss that big thing there. Yes. <laughs> Pete, look the segment up when we're done. This it's a sight to see, to say the least. Um, they don't like to show it anymore either because they just thought, "Ooh, that was that was too much." That was man, man. I'm like, "No, yeah. that was awesome." Because he had an all white suit, Pete, and he kept on yeah. talking. He did this thing and it kept on getting redder and redder, and like, yeah, it was. It great sounds thing. brutal. Yeah, <laughs> like and, a- what was it again? Say it again, sorry. Uh, Age of the Fall. That was the faction. Age of the Fall. Um, it was. It was Jimmy Jacobs, underrated. Love of his own princess. The Jimmy natural Jacobs butcher and the, yeah. 
and an unknown person called Tyler Black, aka Seth Rollins. <laughs> <laughs> Plus, uh, so, yeah. um, Brody Lee was also a member of Age of the Fall. Was he? Okay. okay, I just remember them three there. Yeah, yeah. So stuff uh, like that. I mean, eight, eight, um, AEW Ring of Honor. They've always had decent factions, like Age of the Fall, Scum, um, Bullet Club, Kingdom. Now they have. Um, um, oh, don't forget the Embassy now. Yes. Not <laughs> <laughs> um, the foundation they have now. Ring of Honor's always done good. Faction wise, um, um, I think a lot of people think you know Ring of Honor, their factions pretty much start around that time and they end around Bullet Club. Um, you know they've brought in factions from Japan, like Lij has had a bunch of different you know cameos on Ring of Honor television. Um, and chaos, and chaos, and yeah, <laughs> and you know they they had multiple like ten man tags. There hasn't really been a feud between or big match between two factions on of Ring of Honor for about I'd say about a year, a little over a year now, because they had um, this one kind of fails in comparison. When you had uh, Villain Enterprises versus Lifeblood, because um, it was good matches, but it just felt lackluster. Yeah, the, the Villain Enterprises were great. Lifeblood was bad, and I Life... mean not bad. It's just that it wasn't executed perfectly. No, it had it great bad. stars, like really great mm-hmm. stars. You had Juice Robinson, you had Mark Haskins, Tracy Williams. Um, Bandito, um, which I guess we forgot to uh, talk about Bandito. He, he was supposed to have a match this Friday too. But I guess we can uh, um, talk about that here in a second. Um, but it just didn't really go anywhere because it felt really forced at the time. Um, and also had a, a Tenille Dashwood in the faction for a little while. Um, but you, know, you can only see them face Bully Ray so many times. Mm-hmm. Um, PJ Black joined up with them a, a little bit. Uh, it just, joined. It, 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 it's, the, the, this was life level. Drew said that there's the love of wrestling, the life love of wrestling missing in Ring of Honor, which I'm like, no, it's not, but okay. <laughs> so we're going to band together these people who love wrestling and who the true life love of workers, and they form this. Then Juice is like, Ring of Honor is horrible. I'm leaving. <laughs> Juice just left. <laughs> so he ended up came in Mark Haskin group. And I'm like, I get what you are, but who are you fighting against? You yes. just made a faction fighting other factions. And like, we're lifeblood. I'm like, but I don't know what you stand for. <laughs> and the thing is, yeah. Tracy Williams' new faction is basically what lifeblood started off as, as a group of guys who were wrestlers. Because... Now you look at the foundation, and the basis of the foundation is, you know, we are the wrestlers of Ring of Honor. Um, so basically, foundation is lifeblood, but with a little bit more star Perfect. power, um, and yes, with purpose, um, and yeah. with, you know, possible heel attendances. Yeah, they had a decent one. They could have been when you can build up someone, it just 
it didn't have a purpose. Yes. Because I'm just saying if you had garbage wrestling, mud show stuff for them to be there, but it, it was still wrestling ring of honor. Yes, <laughs> yes. <laughs> that, that was the thing. Um, so, yeah, the other match, uh forgot to talk about this, that's not no longer happening, is, uh, was uh, Bandito, Flamita, um, and Ray Horace, the ROH six-man tag champions, versus Shane Taylor Enterprises. Um, it's, <laughs> it was a match. I was, it was basically a complete undercard match. Cause, um, honestly, I forgot about the six man tag titles until the this, this show was announced. Um, Oh, I didn't. Cause when we talked about the, when surf like majority of their champions are Mexican and we don't know if they can actually defend. Them. <laughs> That's they yes, that is true. The six man TV and world champion are all about Mexican descent holders. So yeah. yes. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's like the match itself. Two of the guys in the match can't wrestle because of what's going on with COVID, which is uh, Flamita and uh, Bandito. So it's just Ray Horse right now. Um, but I was kind of interested in this match because I'm not really big on uh, the Soldiers of Savagery part of uh, Shane Taylor promotions, but Shane Taylor is awesome. Um, he's basically you know, always promoted as a heel but his promo work he's been doing on Ring of Honor lately shows you know a different side of him um, which is like what I was saying earlier like pretty much no one in Ring of Honor is like a pure heel right now with the exception of like you know Vincent and Roosh which I'm not sure if Roosh will be considered a heel once he comes back since he hasn't really done any promos um, so ba- I guess basically just Vincent and Bateman are like the the only real heels at the moment but Shane Taylor, he's always been able to go in the ring. Um, he's definitely better now than he was when he was teaming with Keith Lee. Um, mm-hmm. He lost weight and he got he found his purpose being that mercenary. Yes. And now he has his own group. So yes, yeah, I'm finishing. He, he's he's grown completely because when he started off as the mercenary, I was kind of like, eh, because he was doing a lot of stuff. Uh, for random, you know, factions, random stars. Yeah, it's easy. It's, it's an easy uh, gimmick to do. Like, mm-hmm. all right, I'm gonna pay for hired moon, and yeah, that's when. Because it looked like at one time, yeah. it looked like they were doing a faction with him and Bully Ray and the Briscoes and Silas Young. Um, it was teased, but it never really became an actual faction. Which I'm glad because I hated Bully Ray in Ring of Honor. Um, yeah, it was just overdone same exact promo every single week same matches every single month um but Shane Taylor is coming to his own yeah yeah exactly Um, and the side point right quick you know what NXT really can use and he could be a monster here if done correctly and and give him a three man stable Silas Young Mm -hmm. I agree he could be. I was like, who the biggest heel ever in NXT came out of? Because it's kind of hard to say that they they go heel, but then they don't really go heel. I, I'd say in NXT, the the best, in my opinion, the best heel run in NXT was uh, Kevin Owens from when he debuted until he left, because he was feuding with like six people at the same exact time, no matter what. He yeah, was and, always and that's why like off. Kevin Owens was in NXT as long as you think he was. No, so, yeah, he was only in NXT for like six months. Eight I know. 
Yeah, but you know, with the whole week, you know, how they do TV, it doesn't felt like he's not yeah. on there all the time. But Silas Young will be a monster hell done correct. He could be. Pete, he's the real man, man. Y'all little pussies. He is. <laughs> <laughs> He, he, you got to do with your little weird hairdos and everything. I'm a real man. See, that would work. NXT would what, what he, he would be ass. great in NXT, honestly. Um, especially, <laughs> exactly. like, you get him, like, paired with, like, um, not necessarily, like, Ever-Rise, but you say he comes in, say, like, a team like Ever-Rise, where he sees them and he's just like, you know, you guys have all the talent in the world, but, you know, you guys are back here, like, you know, doing your hair, doing all this. I think he would actually be great with Everrise as well. Like make the, like he turns kind of like what he was doing with the boys in Ring of mm-hmm. Honor, um, except you know where the boys decide to stay flamboyant. You know, sh- uh, like Las Vegas dancers with Dalton Castle. Everrise is like you know what you're right. We need to listen to this guy and do what he says. Almost would be doing push ups, running, doing man things, cutting yeah. trees and stuff. Yeah, he would be all over. <laughs> <laughs> it looks like that. And I didn't see it, and it um, he, they he could even do a backstage segment where they're uh, where they're cutting. They actually use uh, William Regal's "Real Man's Man" video just to get under mm-hmm. the skin of William Regal. Mm-hmm. <laughs> It'd be great, you know. I do yeah, think I do think Silas would be better in NXT than AEW. Um, oh yeah, because mm-hmm. I, I think AEW has. Too many heels kind of similar to him because um, I think, like, the Butcher and the Blade, I think, kind of remind me a lot of him as far as in ring style and in look as well. Um, I think he would get lost in the shuffle in AEW just because of the amount of, like, there are, there are a lot of heels in AEW who try to be the most badass of the badass. I mean, you have right now, you have a. Um, um, Lance Archer versus uh, Eddie Kingston, basically in that mold. Um, so yeah, I think Silas Young and NXT would definitely work, especially if they get you know crowds back at full sell. Him just completely ripping into the crowd, he'd be able to get so much heel heat. Mm-hmm. And last side note, just this, just this is my uh, pre-Walter thing. So I was for this small group. We was you know social distance. If I was a wrestling fan, when I meet other wrestling fans, I don't really tell them what I like, just to see what they are. Raving over AEW. Like, oh, that one dude that put his hands in the pocket, man, he's hilarious and this and that. And I'm looking like, yeah, see, that's how AEW works. Because they like they know NXT and WWE, but when they see something different, they remember that. They do. And they might not talk about yeah. the best matches. They talk about the characters. And that's that's that, that is true. Like, I... <laughs> I'm not big on I do like AEW matches, but my thing is with AEW's booking. But AEW has they do have great characters. Um, Orange Cassidy is great. Um, I think him being with yeah, best be, friends is great. Yeah. MJF being paired with Inner Circle is great. Um, Pac is great. Um, mm-hmm. Eddie Kingston is great. Um, Lance Archer is great. Like, you do have mm-hmm. great characters. I honestly. After this past Wednesday, I think Miro has finally become Miro because of how he wrecked everybody. Um, yeah, I loved it. Great. It was. <laughs> that's, that's, yeah. I loved and that. It was the end of the show because it's the last thing you saw. Like he almost overshadowed MJF right there. I was like, "Fuck mm-hmm. yeah, you 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 finally yeah. have it." 
and they talk about Darby Allen. They think his look and everything. They think he's crazy and stuff. It, it, it sounds like like us talking about wrestling when we first watched it. Yes. And, and he's not casuals because they know wrestling and stuff like that, but it's not. they don't know it as hardcore as we may do. Yes. But that's the whole thing about it, though, and that's what they get people and stuff like that. They just yeah. like, you know... Sub one girl, she was crazy. She didn't like the new day, but like the street profits. I have to like spit at her or something. <laughs> like, how dare you? Right. But that's a weird side note there. But yeah. I mean, I, th- I think if AEW does start working with other promotions a lot more, I don't know if they will work with Ring of Honor or New Japan. Because um, New Japan doesn't need AEW. New Japan is big enough as it is. Yeah. And and, 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 and and the weird thing with the, the, the Moxley thing, that's what I'm thinking. Like, I don't know if that's a good thing on AEW or New Japan because, like, well, he is our champion. Yes. So why are you not letting us use him? Yeah. So I don't know. I haven't heard anything from the Derrick about this any heat about that or some issues. I guess they like, well, since it's convict, they're like, we can understand. But it's just weird that you just not let him. I'm still shocked he still has the title now. I do too. <laughs> this this U.S. run was worse than his WWE U.S. run because he <laughs> he never defended either title. Um, like personally, right now, I consider the true United States Champion New Japan to be Kenta. Um, yeah. Like um, the way he's been portrayed, and I I haven't watched um, the uh, finals yet, but I did see. A spoiler, unfortunately, for um, the World Tag League. Um, but that right there, imagine him, instead of using the briefcase, use his title belt. Same exact thing. Kenta is, in my opinion, the United States champion. Um, and personally, they could easily make Kenta versus Juice Robinson for the United States championship at Wrestle Kingdom. All they had to do is just say, you know, they stripped Moxley of the belt. And, and I'm thinking they're going to do that. I yeah. do too. They're going to do that. Um, mm-hmm. I think that would be the best route. And with Kenta being uh, featured a lot on New Japan Strong, you know, you could have a lot of crossover stuff with ROH right there. Um, Another imagine, people and stuff like that. Like yes. Chris Bay. Yes. You know, he's Impact, but he was there. Yes. So. There's a lot of really cool shit that you can do. And that's the glorious thing with wrestling right now sans wwe you have all these promotions that are just like you know what we can benefit from each other um and that's what aew kind of needed to do was to be like hey you know what we're necessarily not bigger than these promotions we can work with these promotions um nwa they could use that because nwa let's just face it the past 20 years has been needing indie promotions but now they can use actual legit promotions MLW they need it because let's face it MLW isn't casuals MLW isn't um, like people just strangling through late night TV MLW fans are wrestling fans but rest the MLW audience aka wrestling fans is a small small audience so MLW they definitely could benefit from AEW um so if we have one listener here from uh, New Orleans who might be working at the moment, might be jacking off to Ricky Morton at the moment, who knows? He could uh, – shots fired. MLW could definitely benefit from AEW. 
Um, oh, he'll, oh, he'll wait for his Lord and Master Jim Cornette to bash him. Like, it's stupid. I'm like, of course. <laughs> it is. Because your Lord and Master told you that. Uh, so, yeah. And, you know, Ring of Honor obviously could use that to help bring people back who left Ring of Honor two years ago. Because um, we're going on to, with Final Battle, we're going on the two-year period of when Ring of Honor lost their audience because of, you know, the elite mm-hmm. announcing that they were leaving. Um, and that's why I think if Kenny showing up could bring that up, though. Yes. So they can work something out and stuff like that. They need to help each other and stuff. It, it can be... See, when I, when I say work with each other, I don't want New Japan Ring of Honor thing because closely New Japan was big enough that like, yeah, we do the book and y'all just y'all just yes. show up. Yes. <laughs> yeah, y'all can do little smaller things. Like I wouldn't mind the Briscoe versus FTR or something like that. Same. Like, and everything like that. Yeah. You just you just do it every once in a while. Like if if, if uh yes. like if AEW hypothetically let's let's say uh for like FTR for example, say they were still the tag team champions and they were running through the entire roster and they needed you know some new opponents easily all they have to do is Tully Blanchard's cutting promo about how you know they ran through the Bucks they ran through uh, the Hybrid 2 they ran through um, Santino and Ortiz etc etc you know there's nobody else for them to dominate they're challenging for next week on Dynamite any tag team from the entire world can come back and you know challenge them for the belts you know you bring in someone like the Briscoes you just do it as a small dose here and there. And this is the proper way you do it. So it can help both people. And and, 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 and I know wrestling fans now will hate it. They don't touch each other to whatever pay-per-view yes. it is. Yes. But you do have them come on shows and have matches. And you can have FBI. Well, we here at Ring of Honor, see what y'all got. They can face a mid-tier tag team. Okay, mm-hmm. it could be. I'm just saying, PCO and Mark Briscoe, or something like not Mark Briscoe, but like a mid tier tag team. So you have FTR at Ring of Honor show on yes. TV. So then you have the Briscoes go against the Hybrid Two or uh, Top Flight and stuff like it. Probably Top Flight. So you can have Briscoes on AEW. Yeah. So they both help each other out. But they actually touch. They can have. They can talk and stuff and have a little uh, brawl at before the, 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 the go home show. Yeah. They fight, and that's when then you don't get tired. And you look, you you excited for exactly. It. Too many times they 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 rush into it where they have a match, it's qualification. Oh, I want to see it now. I saw it. Same here. <laughs> okay. I, that's I been the problem with. That's been the problem with WWE and AEW. AEW obviously the past two years. WWE for the past close to twenty years, even longer than that, is the matches don't feel big because you see the same stars every single week doing the same exact thing every single week where it's like, oh, we were looking forward to a match at a pay-per-view that these two guys just had like a big tag team match just a couple weeks ago. Um, the same exact feud carries over month after month. Things don't feel special. Um, AEW kind of makes it that way because AEW doesn't really prolong a lot of feuds for a while. Um, like, FTR versus the Bucks could have continued. Jericho versus Mox could have continued. But it's like, you know, they drop a belt and they kind of move on for a while, but they still, the, the, the person who lost the title still wants to regain it. So it's still in the mix, but it's not in every week situation. Um, 
Ring of Honor does that well. MLW does that well. Pretty much every company does that well, really, except for WWE. But AEW's weakness with it is they still have a lot of people overly interacting with each other. Like, to me, FTR versus the Bucks didn't feel as special as it could have because we had seen them mix it up so many other times in, like, the three months prior, four months prior, whatever it was, before they finally had their match. Um, But, I mean, that's the thing with pay-per-views is they need to feel special, and I think promotions helping each other out doing it that way with cross-promotion would definitely help make f- events feel special again. Mm-hmm. So, uh, what's our time? Uh, uh, we have about... We are at a... Oh, close to the two-hour mark, so just about finishing okay. up. So let's let's leave this one, and mm-hmm. we'll... I'll let Pete know. Top three best Ring of Honor entrances. Ooh. You can go to five if you can. Uh, let's see... Um, Dalton Castle. This is in no particular order. Dalton Castle. Yeah, um, when Bullet Club was hot in ROH, Bullet Club because I, I don't even want to just say just the Bucks entrance, but just the actual Bullet Club music just mm-hmm. had a complete different vibe in the arena. Um. Lij, their Ring of Honor entrance felt special. Um, it had more light work than most Ring of Honor shows did. Um, Punish uh, Punishment Martinez, um, where they would have the lights go uh, dark with the red light above them. Um, if I were to round up to a fifth one, I would say. I'm trying to think of I'm going through main like current roster first. Um, oh no! I'm not going to be all over the place somewhere. The 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 addiction the um the like when, when they had like the worship us now theme. Yes, like worship us now. now. It was <laughs> bad fucking ass because like um especially the way they came out with like. Um, Kaz wearing like you know the denim vest with like the band patches on it, and uh, mm-hmm. Christopher Daniels wearing that like World War Two getup he would wear. Because um, he was a ring general. Yes, See? that was great. It was <laughs> ring general. The and like the, the had medals and everything. They had like different general. walks and stuff too. Like um, Kaz would come down kind of like. Um, even as a heel, like he would be like the fired up like cokehead, basically, like running down, like going down the ramp. But then you'd have like Christopher Daniels walking behind with like his arms folded behind his back and everything, just kind of like surveying what was going on. I, I honestly, I might put that as my favorite Ring of Honor entrance. I, I love. And, and I'm sorry, entrance. I meant to say interest in music, like theme songs. Also, I'm sorry. Okay. Um, yeah. As far as theme songs go, as far as themes. I would also say the addiction, um, mm-hmm. bullet clubs, um, Adam Cole's. Yes, Adam Cole's is great. Um, this is a current one, but Tracy Williams, his current theme, I would put as top five. Um, uh, da, 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 da. 
I keep I keep thinking about Brian Danielson. Um, but I don't know if I would put that as top five or not. Ah, bro, Giants is number one. I would, don't tell people. I tell people after we done why it's number one to me. I'll, I'll, so go I'll I'm going to put Brian Danielson as uh, so I have I have Brian Danielson. Who I said Brian? So Brian Danielson, Bullet Club, The Addiction, Tracy Williams, Tracy Williams and, and Adam Cole. Cole. Um, yeah. Those would be my top five. Um, I agree with you, Adam Cole. It's, it's the same thing he does now, but different music. He'll do the one finger, the one thing. He don't do the boom though, but the one finger was great. It, the, the, uh, the, the start of it was just really awesome. It had like a good, great tempo to it. It, it really hyped you up. Yes. Um, also. Aries and Strong, they did reach out and touch me. Well, touch yes. face. It, yeah. was, it was great. Um, you basically missed the thing I, I, I like also, too. Uh, oh, I like Jay Lethal Hill one. Like, I did, too. Yeah. Like that. Um, he had a slow, menacing walk to the ring, too, with it. Yes, yes. Especially when he had, great. like, uh, Truth Martini and everybody with him. Yeah, yeah. That was great. And he just did... Dun. Um, trying to see, can't think one, but Daniel Bryan was the best Pete because, and I always wish they did this for him at WrestleMania. I do too. I will mark the fuck out. I do too. <laughs> you know what Brian Danielson is? And Ringo Bryan, yes. he was pure. He was a young William Regal, serious, pure wrestling out. Okay, okay. he came out, and it's best to see it live because you really feel it. The final countdown. Yeah, and it does the whole intro. Then when they start picking up, he start walking into the ring and he start singing. And then he gets on top of the ring and shouts out, "Final countdown!" Whole room just blow the fuck uh-huh. up. <laughs> 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 it was on I'm gonna see you YouTube. It's like get <laughs> chills when I first saw it. I'm like he's coming out to the final countdown. Yeah. I'm like what? And then he came out and, he, and you hear everybody stomping and he walking going around the ring and he did like oh my god, instantly <laughs> loved it. Like yes, like this is the stuff. Like because before um, they used to do after television, they used to have like actual music. You know, like the best things, the actual music you can listen to and hear and stuff like that. But yeah, and then also like the addiction to it. <laughs> I'm in love with Chris Jarrett because he was the ring general. I thought that was I, crazy. I wanted Daniel Bryan to use that at WrestleMania 30 or at yes. WrestleMania 34, 34, when he, when he teamed with Shane McMahon when he when he had like his comeback tour. I, I, I wanted either, either one of those two shows. I really wanted him to uh, – WrestleMania 30. WrestleMania 30, 34, 30. So WrestleMania 30 when he won the title, or WrestleMania 34. Okay, WrestleMania, yeah. Think about years. Yes, 30 or 34. So 30 when he won the title, and 34 when he came back to team with Shane. I think that would have been the two best times for him to use that as a Mania entrance. I know. You, you're talking about the, the building would explode. It would explode yes. if he came out with that yeah. and stuff like that. It's just like, yeah, and I did find it. Um, I think anybody else, right quick, I only said four. Cause it's like I had them all in my head and it just totally disappeared when you said names everything. Yeah. Oh, and I like Matt Tabins too when he was I do too. too. Yeah. Yeah. So, but that's my final thing. Love Ring of Honor. Always will. Always great memories. Ring of Honor helped me 
meet Justin Dungaliger for the first time ever in my life. Autograph yeah. and matches. Go to Dalton Castle, Jay Lethal, Christopher Daniels. Uh, I saw Evil in the bathroom taking a piss. <laughs> okay, when he was on excursion. Okay, <laughs> you know, saw Maria walking around, and uh, it was I, I poked fun at Cole Cabana because you know I hated him. I did. He wanted he's from Chicago for me, so he was hometown boy. I still booed him and. You know, I saw Jimmy Jacobs. I saw the Bucks versus Red Dragon. I uh, saw Samoa Joe when he was in Ring of Honor. And he, he said, like, hey, 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 guys, don't boo up Monta. He's a good bro. And I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> he's Samoa. So, and, it, and, and my love for Daniel Bryanson was there. So I always knew about him, heard about him as American Dragon. But I saw him there live. And I saw Jim Cornette. So there's a lot of fond memories I have a Ring of Honor more than WWE. In a live perspective, but I'll always have it there and stuff like that. So, yeah. 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 All right. So that was our final battle on Final Battle. Um, possibly next week we might be doing the action figure episode. I think Muhammad might be back next week. Um, but yeah, uh, Ring of Honor will be uh, this Friday night, about 8 p.m. Central Time, I want to say. Uh, that's usually when it starts um, on Honor Club. Pete, if you're watching stuff with us this Friday night and you find a live stream, you should definitely check it out with us. Yeah, I plan to. It's I'm I'm pretty excited for it. Um, this is probably the most excited I've been for a card since Halloween Havoc. Um, and Halloween Havoc was basically just because of it being Halloween Havoc. Um, but yeah, I'm super excited for this show. Um, even the low card matches, the top matches, it just feels like. Ring of Honor is back, so I am super excited. Yeah, you've hyped it up too much for me not to want to watch it. Now, yeah, so <laughs> I'm gonna find it for sure. Definitely, gotta see Roosh come out the the, the bull mask and everything's a badass. <laughs> and, and then the foundation they come out in their masks now too. So yeah, there's there's some pretty extravagant entrances. I and I think this week they're gonna do some super extravagant ones because final battle is basically ROH's. WrestleMania. It's their big event of the year. Um, it's usually between that and um, the anniversary show. But Final Battle kind of is because it is the one show where contracts usually end for a lot of stars. Um, so a lot of people... I'm not sure how it is this year because I haven't really read any rumors about people leaving the promotion. Except for uh, Flip Gordon, obviously. Um, but yeah, Final Battle is kind of like their big blow-off show. It's their big season finale every year. Um, and then it kind of reboots the next month. Not necessarily in a complete way, but, you know, they have to find new people to fill certain voids a lot of times. So they usually go all out with the entrances. So, yeah, this Friday should be pretty damn good. Yeah, and, looking forward to it. And one last thing, Ring of Honor memory. I saw live. Daniel Bryanson versus Lance Stone. Oh, yes. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, that's it. Yeah, I'm looking forward to Final that is Battle. Amazing. Uh, you know, we we're gonna have a little wrestling. Uh, what's they call it? Uh, boosh boosh. Because TLC is that following Sunday. So oh yeah, sure, great yeah. wrestling, good thing, and then we got TLC. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> I'm not saying it's gonna be bad, but it, it's, it's not gonna see. follow up. It's, it's it, it'll be 
it, it, it especially coming off uh, Ring of Honor weekend, which a lot of Ring of Honor pay-per-views usually run WWE weekend anyhow. But this weekend especially, it'll be a very much like in a takeover sense because if you watch Final Battle with these guys going in to prove something and then you go watch TLC, I think it'll be kind of like when TakeOver used to run before a pay-per-view, you're going to be like, yeah. oh shit, I just watched this great show, and now I'm watching this. So it'll be a big difference of opinion um, yeah, between yeah. TLC. All right, well, anything else that you guys can think of before we close the show? No, no. I think right. everything's been covered. All right. Well, you know, uh, lately I've been saying this to close the show, and it's very fitting for here because it's stolen from uh, Ring of Honor's Ian Riccoboni. Happy wrestling, ladies and gentlemen. And this, of course, isn't from Ian Riccoboni, but stay classy, San Diego.